You're listening to another episode of the Zag, our mini-series, Social Distancing Zag episodes. Continues. One of our favorites is joining us, Lena Vasquez. She's an alum. She's on the board. We want to hear what she's thinking, feeling during these very strange times. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get to it. All right, Selena. So, so it sounded like morale was low yesterday, a little bit better today. What are you feeling in this moment about 425 on Tuesday? Um, I think morale was low yesterday because I was kind of just, I hadn't really thought through anything or proactively set anything up today. So I kind of tried to right off the bat change the day and start off with a little endorphin rush of doing like lame exercises inside the house. Like I told myself whenever I walked anywhere, I'd do walking lunges and stuff like that just to try to keep like the endorphins up. And then I am also on the board of the Santa Monica chapter of the American Red Cross. So I got some information today about things that we're going to be doing and a partnership that we're starting tomorrow with the Los Angeles Office of Emergency Management and LAUSD. And I think having, having concrete things I can do is definitely helpful and making me feel like I'm not just kind of sitting and waiting. I'm actually doing. Yeah. On the Red Cross perspective, that's interesting because you think normally an organization like that is activated when there's a specific event and we can all see it, right? Some sort of fire or an earthquake or, okay, these are uh, the the consequences of whatever happened and now we're going to tackle it. Whereas this is so different, this kind of slow rolling unknown each 12-hour cycle seems to produce weirder and worse news. Yeah, how does an organization like the Red Cross tackle something different in this case? Yeah, absolutely. I think there are two two specific areas. Uh, Probably the biggest and one of the most crucial happening right now is we're heading towards a emergency-level blood shortage across the country. Mm -hmm. I think something like 30% of blood drives that normally happen have understandably been canceled. But here in Southern California, that translates to about 5,300 units of blood that are not going to be available to hospitals or patients that might need them. And, you know, these are things like surgeries or illnesses. I had an aunt that had lupus and those blood transmissions are definitely, they made all the difference in the world. So if you are able to donate, please get out there. There are blood centers that are still open and desperately needing donors. Uh, So that would be one of the bigger nationwide things. And then here locally, the Los Angeles region has partnered with the Office of Emergency Management, like I said, and LAUSD to start tomorrow providing meals to kids and families that are impacted. LAUSD, I think it has enrolled somewhere around half a million students, and at least 80% of those rely on free or subsidized meals. So just really trying to prevent food shortages to these families. So I believe it starts tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. and 7 to 10 on weekdays. I'm not sure if they're doing weekends. They'll be providing box meals to families. And going back to how we started, like how do you balance the actions, all the things you just laid out are great, with the actions that are needed for your own self-care, your own sense of stability? How do you, if you had to even give like a percentage to it, like how much do you like to think about, okay, I'm going to do this for me, and this is the percentage I'm going to do outward action for others. How does that calculus work in your head? I feel like in this pandemic scenario, I'm kind of in a unique situation in that I am a transplant to LA. So I don't really have family in the area. I don't have, 
I don't have some of those same concerns that other people have. Like I don't have anybody at risk. I don't have parents or grandparents that live near me. I don't have, I live alone. So my transmission danger, I feel like is a little less pressing than friends I have who live with people who they're worried about. So I kind of almost feel like it's my responsibility maybe to go out and step up in places where other people can't because they have a baby at home or because they have someone who's high risk in their immediate circle. Yeah, that makes sense. And then when you construct then the social circle that you'll need as you're mapping out that plan, you know, I saw over the weekend some of the NLC folks were doing virtual hangouts and making space that way. I'm not sure if you're able to catch any of those, but is that something you feel like will be useful to start scheduling in a more consistent way, just like we would schedule a conference call for work? Yeah, I think right now we're kind of trying to go with people's responses. So we're, as there is desire and need to have it, then we're happy and open to hosting these things. It's kind of an interesting idea on if they should be scheduled versus if they should be kind of more impromptu. I hadn't thought of it that way especially as we continue going on and it seems more and more like this is not going to be like a two to three week thing and possibly more like a two to three month thing. Um, maybe some kind of regularity is a good idea. Yeah. Cause I was thinking about that and I've seen some friends post this on social. You kind of mentioned too, at the beginning walking lunges in your, in your, in your place. Should we schedule those things just like we were going to yoga or going to the gym or going to do whatever and just keep that on your calendar, but you're just trying then to figure out, how to spend that 30 minutes or 45 minutes in a tight, confined space doing those things. Um, we're kind of left to a, if you were left to a blank calendar, does that start to slip? And that's when things start to kind of feel really unsettled when you can't get any, any routine with it. So yeah, I'm very curious how that will, will play out over time. You know, another thing I'm curious about too, when you think about this moment, I think you're right. It will probably last longer than we think. So two, three months when things come back, do you feel like the majority of the public will seek out normalcy back to the way things were, or will actually see uh, maybe an opportunity to reset and maybe shed some of the, the aspects of public life or the aspects of their own life that they don't feel like were fitting anymore? Like this is a chance to cleanse of sorts. Do you think either one of those things will be wholesale what people are choosing to do? I honestly, I think we're going to find a new normal. I don't think we go back to things exactly the way they are, just because professionally, so many industries and so many disciplines that have been resistant to the idea of people working remotely or uh, even schooling, that's like, you know, your kid goes to school in person every day. This is kind of forcing us outside of that box. And I think a lot of people may find just new normals and better, more efficient ways of doing things. Like why isn't necessarily necessary. Why is it necessary for everyone to be in person if online works better in some scenarios? And I think it'll be, I think we're moving towards a more efficient way of operating if people remain open to it. But the longer this goes, I think the harder it'll be to just kind of go back to as things were. Yeah. One of the things I'd love to to, to try and not go back to the way things were, you know, I feel like I've been radicalized by bike Twitter and (laughs) I'm just so taken with protected bike lanes and dedicated bus lanes and all these sort of things that, that Twitter is good at radicalizing certain niche populations about. Um, you know, you're seeing some images come out of, say, like Bogota in Colombia, which is where we got our Ciclavia idea that we like so much here. They do it every Sunday. And so they've basically made Ciclavia now even wider and more parts of the city to give people cheaper, easier ways to get around since you're not uh, 
going to be able to use public transit as much for the short term. And part of me wonders, yeah, what what kind of social experiments could you put into practice during this moment um, that once we got back to a state of affairs that was more regular, I don't actually think people would mind that much if all of a sudden there were just red painted dedicated bus lanes on the streets or all of a sudden there were extra bike lanes that weren't there before. We would just sort of slide into that reality and that would be what we would do. Is anything come to mind from like a, an urban planning standpoint that you'd love to see the city potentially try in this kind of weird two to three months? There'll be a lot fewer people around to say, no, don't, don't try that. Yeah, I'd absolutely love to see some of those things roll out, especially in, I feel like the West side is, has far more bike lanes and things like that than some other areas. So maybe like I'm in Inglewood now and I don't think mm. I've really seen any bike lanes here. So while nobody's really out, let's, let's throw some out. And then when people come back, they'll just be so excited to <laughs> quote unquote normal again. I don't know how much they'd even realize. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see. I don't think that plays out. Um, when you think about how you will potentially describe this era to your own kids in the future or friends, you know, when you're 10, 15 years out, any guesses on what your summary of, of what you've seen so far would be? I so far am inspired by the community I've seen pop out, pop up. Um, just so many different orgs and people like coming together to not just cover logistics, but also people doing check-ins on mental health and each other. A lot of, are you sure you're okay? Make sure you have X, Y, and Z or like know to expect these things. I feel like it's been a lot more of a collaborative transition than I would have expected. Um, I have no idea what the hell I'm going to say as far as why we went through a toilet paper shortage like three days into this. I don't know that they'll, I don't know that I'll ever understand that. Um, but it's, it's inspiring is really the best word for it. I feel like post 2016 and through this whole administration, we've been, we've seen so many bumpy things, but I feel like we've also seen communities at the local level, especially coming together to support each other in a way I don't remember seeing under past administrations. So it's really messed up. Uh, it's really messed up why it's starting. The catalyst isn't the greatest, but I feel like this is just another example of that. Last thing, I've been taking a poll. So you're trapped at home. Any board game preferences? If you had to pick one or two, what are the go-to board games while you're stuck there? Um. Well, I'm literally stuck here alone. So, like, if I had so board solitaire, games, solitaire would be a lot of fun for you. Puts out the cards. Please not take away my phone games. Well, okay, so then if you are you on like Call of Duty online, you're playing video games that way. You can, I'll, I'll for you, I'll expand the board game definition. Yeah, if you want. Is, actually, you know what? If I'm being honest, I think by tomorrow I'm probably going to be straight up playing video games because I have the super. Super Nintendo that like preloaded like 30 to 40 games. Oh, I'm going to be knocking at your door. That's going to be fun. I'm going to be camping out in the 90s. What are the games that come preloaded on there? Um, The ones I've paid attention to so far are Donkey Kong, Zelda, and Super Mario something. Like one of the very specific ones. I think Mario Kart might be there too. But I've really been camping out in Zelda and Donkey Kong because I was obsessed with those back in the day. Love it. Well, listen, start a start a Twitch channel. We will we will support you <laughs> and cheer you on. I, I don't it. know if you can Twitch Super Nintendo. Hey, 
that you got plenty of time to figure it out. So we look forward to whatever revenue stream and viral sensation that you will you will soon become. And listen, thanks for coming on. And hopefully you'll be a viral sensation because you've been on the Zag. And hopefully all the other guests who've been on. There's been a lot. We've had a bunch dropping this week, trying to keep you satisfied as we're all locked up. But also keep in mind there's 170 plus episodes of all other amazing progressives who chatted with us over the last about year and a half, two years. So get those in all the places you get your podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher. They're all there. Check them out. Until next time, we'll catch you soon.